Welcome to the This Week podcast, the podcast where I, Alfie Blushflower, and I, Lysander Hadley, discuss the news over the past seven days. Um, this is a brand new podcast. If you like what you hear, please um, follow us or whatever you do on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for more episodes. A new episode will be coming out weekly. I have no clue what day, but we'll figure that out later. What segments are we covering today, Alexander? Uh, we are covering COVID-19. Uh, we're talking about some new um, new things that have come around. We're talking about some new cars that are coming into, ta- coming into towns. Uh, we're talking about some politics here in the UK. We're talking about gaming. And we're also talking about theme park news. Hey, um, right, so shall we start with the COVID news? Sure. Okay, well this headline is from the BBC. England must stick with Plan B to protect NHS, says the Prime Minister. So, um, as the subheading here says, uh, England will continue with its Plan B COVID measures amid growing pressures on the NHS, Boris Johnson has said. Now, Boris Johnson has also said that it would be folly to think the pandemic was over, and pressure on hospitals would be considerable over the coming weeks. I already don't like the sound of this, because if pressures are growing... What he was saying the other week was, or like the purpose... Oh, how can I put it? Whenever... The, well, the one thing that we don't want to happen is pressure, pressure get high on the NHS, and yet we're sticking with the current plan, even though it, pressure is growing on the NHS. It really doesn't sound like a smart idea, does it? No, it really doesn't. I mean, to be honest, I really think... I mean, his first trip up was when it all started. Because he left the country open. Should have just closed it immediately. Yeah. Then quite... In all fairness, and we know this is true now, because there's even been news reports of it, China did try and hide the virus at first, because I forget, I think it was eight people got arrested for spreading rumours about the virus. Yeah. Back when it all started. In Wu in Wuhan. That is true. So, or at least I think it is. Obviously, we could have. It could have helped if Boris put out rules earlier. Yeah. Not wait. Not wait yeah. for everything to get bad and then act. Because that that's not what you do. Yeah. If a cake is burning, you don't wait for it to burn some more and then put a fire extinguisher on it. Yeah. Ah, it says here also, however, he added the country was in a much better position than this time last year thanks to vaccinations. That is true. But as much as he has mentioned a positive... There are so many negatives there. The fact... Yeah. Plus, you also have to admit, there have been quite a few reinfections haven't there so oh yeah however much vaccines are doing something i mean but then again you can't expect them to do everything can we so yeah so we are now going to move on to well just just before we move on quickly I think that Theresa May has a point at the minute because I'm not sure what it was in. I think it was in PMQs the other week. She asked Boris, when is this country going to realise, when is he, for that matter, going to realise that we are not going to, we are almost never going to leave this pandemic. We've just got to learn to adapt and live with it. 
and accept that the vaccines are going to be a yearly thing, like a flu jab. And I think she's got a really good point there. She does, actually. She does indeed yeah. have a point. Anyway, uh, yeah. we should let's move on from uh, move on to Scotland news, going a bit more into the uh, Isles here. So, in Scotland, there's been a case record of twenty thousand COVID. Uh, infections and in a way in in terms of Scotland that is quite impressive because here in the UK the other day we hit something like a hundred thousand cases in one day and that really mm. isn't good I think it's just because everyone's a bit fed up to be honest they've yeah. been locked in their houses what even is the population of Scotland I, I think it's smaller than England don't quote me on it, though. Scotland has five mil. I'd imagine it's smaller since Scotland has five million, the England has 60 million. Yeah, that'd, that'd say it. Probably because most of Scotland is hills. You can't really live in hills. As of 2018, England has 55.98 million oh, people. And... It's believed that there are 8 million people living in London, <coughs> which means there's more people living in London than all of Scotland. So in that perspective, it makes sense why their record is only 20,000. Yeah, because there isn't as many people to get infected. But for Scotland... Oh, get it and pass it on. Yeah, but for Scotland, that is still quite high, if you put it into perspective. Yeah. Like, considering they've got, how much is it, 5 million people, that is a lot of cases for that uh, amount. Because it is properly uh, sparked, because down at yeah. the uh, the f- uh, 4th of April, uh, the, the 1st of April, it was really, really low, and it spiked again in June, and it went down again in uh, yeah. August... Uh, spiked up again in October, expectedly. I mean, it's uh, Halloween. Yeah. Then in December yeah. of 2021, it's just rocketed so high. Is that UK or Scotland? This is in Scotland. Yeah. Bear in mind, the data, the gra- it when I say rocketed so high, I mean, uh, so of the uh, chart is twenty four thousand. We literally, and Scotland is just a bar at twenty thousand. So. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm now looking at the statistics on Google. Oh my word! It was back in like June to August, September, twenty twenty. It's pretty much flat. Yeah. There's a little peak in July. Other than that, it's pretty much flat. And between about 7th of March 2021 and 19th of May, there's a bit where it's just flat. But my word. 3rd of Jan 2022, new cases. That can't be right. New cases, 51,000. Could be new data. That can't be right, surely. Hang on, where's... 1st of Ju- the 29th of December, new cases 15,000, and then 1st of Jan, zero new cases, 2nd of January, zero new cases, 3rd of January, 51,000 new cases. I think that graph might be a little bit inaccurate. Yeah. That was last updated two days ago, and the article that we're looking at on the BBC is 18 hours ago. So it wouldn't surprise me if that graph is inaccurate. So, 
So, more specifically, it says on the subheading, a further 20,217 people have tested positive for COVID in Scotland. Yeah. Which is the highest daily figure since the pandemic began. So, so we're going to leave Scotland now and we're going to take a little trip through England over the uh, in a ferry over to France, where... Uh, this article is also from the BBC, to be clear. So the BBC have reported, or have been told that several French MPs uh, have been have been receiving death threats as they debate a COVID nineteen pass that will bar the unvaccinated from much more public life. <laughs> so. <laughs> Personally, I don't really have an opinion on this, as I don't really know where, at the minute, the vaccines stand over there. If they're offering a third dose, or a second dose, or even just the first dose. And if they've offered it to everyone yet. If they haven't even offered it to everyone, and they're putting this vaccine passport in place, mm. then not necessarily death threats is understandable, but it's understandable why people would be out, would be Angry. unhappy no. about it. If ever if everyone's been offered and it's just the people and it's just people like anti-vaxxers who have declined it and they're the ones giving the MPs death threats and that is completely out of hand. I mean, to be honest, I really don't have an opinion on it either because, again, like you said, we don't know about anything up, uh, up there, but uh, there is a statistic ah, saying at least 91% of here. the adult population have indeed been fully jabbed, according to the French yeah. government. So, I reckon that could yeah. be... I, I reckon that's more of a reason for getting them. But again, like you said, it could be anti-vaxxers. I mean, if it... My opinion of anti-vaxxers, I really think it should be, yeah, it's their choice. They don't want to get vaccinated for like preventable diseases. Then their choice. Yeah. If they if they want to, uh, if they don't want a vaccine but will accidentally uh, hurt hurt yeah. other people, then all I'm saying is, if you want to do that, you can. However, yeah. you will have well, he... a bit of a guilty conscience. Yeah. Well, here's one thing that I really hope will happen. Anti-vaxxers think that some vaccines cause autism. So I really hope that when they finally do find a cure for autism, they find it in a state of a vaccine just to mess with them. Yeah. I could really throw them off. If you look on the article underneath the statistic of the 91% of the adult population, I have no clue how to pronounce this name, but one of the French MPs has tweeted an email she received containing graphic threats to kill her over her support for the vaccination pass, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. There's a matter of disagreeing with someone, and there's a matter of threatening to kill them. That's just outrageous. And is completely out of hand. Another MP has said has has said MPs received messages threatening to kill them for attacking their freedom, which, in my opinion, mainly sounds like anti-vaxxers doing that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely think they sh like they should have. I mean, it's definitely. Their choice. I mean, if you want to get the flu, jab or not. I mean, hang on. 
Translate tweet. So, another... Ba Barbara Bessett Ballot, I apologise if I've pictured their name, has put on Twitter, and I'm now looking at the tweet, Whatever one thinks, these death threats are unacceptable and will be punished. It is obviously worth repeating, the battle we are... We are waging, I don't think this translation is very accurate, is the one against the COVID and in no way an attack of an attack on freedoms. Democracy is stronger than the sowers of hate. Yeah. I've probably butchered a few words there. That is, that is um, to... accurate, to be honest. Yeah. You take French classes, that is rather accurate, but... Don't quote me on it, please. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> to put it into simpler words, some people, uh, some people in France aren't very happy that they are, quote unquote, taking their freedoms. Um, and this is all over uh, vaccine passports. So. Not much yeah. more to say there. So we're going to go from uh, uh, COVID-19. I think we're moving over to politics yes. now from COVID. So... And once again from the BBC, MPs and peers urge Prime Minister to act on energy bills. 20 Conservative MPs and peers have called on the Prime Minister to tackle the spiralling cost of living. I did see another article on this the other day, and... Oh, I forget what it was now. Um, I think it was some elderly people have suddenly been getting bills for gas and electricity that is so huge... They've been really struggling with that. To be honest, I really don't think that it should be like you pay for, you have to pay for like a certain amount of gas. I mean, I think it's yeah. fair. Yeah. But I still think like, so if you're like struggling with money and stuff, I feel like you should get that for free. Until you can actually, like, get back on your feet again. However, on the other side, there is still possibility that people might exploit it. Yeah. Um, and there's another bit further down the article where it says, It argues that by, by scrapping the 5% VAT rate on energy bills and suspending environmental... Levies levies which fund global energy schemes the average household could save 200 pounds on their energy bill now, for some people 200 pounds might not sound like much however 200 pounds to people who like who are struggling that is that is a lot that's 200 pounds that could go to food so i i think that scrapping that five percent vat is best way to go to be honest or yeah. another way they especially could if so, these yeah. price so you continue okay. uh or another thing they could do is they could do um pay as you go so you only use as much so let's say you want to go for a shower you could say okay i'll pay for like 15 i'll pay 15 pounds then that'll give me about it'll give me like a day or so of hot water and like yeah so it'll be like 15 or something something like that i think that'll work a bit better although i know nothing about the energy uh yeah because that saying that that might that might even Add up more expensive. You are right. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. That is true. 
I think like I think moving on. Yeah, sorry. No, you can continue. I Is thought it... we were finished. Yeah. Basically, try to wrap it up. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So... Right. So on to the next article. You can read this okay. one out. So this is again about COVID, but it's a little bit more on the political side. So more restrictions, a last resort. A, a Sh- Sajid, Sajid Javid says, I'm sorry, I butchered that. I'm pretty sure he's the health, the new health se- secretary. Uh, yeah. So. He's basically said that further COVID restrictions in England must be an absolute last resort, even though cases in the UK have been rising. To be honest, I think that's a little bit of a silly thing to do. Because yeah, however, so do I. however much people are going to be annoyed at the fact that they've got to uh, be in a... How much people are going to be annoyed that they've got to be in uh, indoors for a little bit longer? I reckon it's worth it. So, yeah. if it means that people won't get as infected, it's worth it. I think, Definitely. I think what should be the better option is to lock down until we get like only like 10 or so people getting infected. And then open it up slowly, but if they start to rise again, which obviously they will, shut it down. Or well, the the issue there is if we're waiting for it to be about ten cases, even if we were to go into another full-on lockdown, schools closed, and everything working from home, you're still you've still got to go out and get your shopping and things like that. Yeah. And also... there's no way yeah, that just 10 people out of all the people that need to go shopping will get COVID. Yeah. That's also... That's also... Uh, that could also put, like, schools out of business because schools get money. Uh, appa- this is what I've heard, but apparently schools get money for if you're... Uh, if kids get into school, so... I don't think I've heard that before. I think it could be false. I could be misinformed, but that's what I've heard. Or if it, from that perspective, it's what what they mean by that is the attendance mark rather than physically getting into school. Yeah, that's probably what then, then that wouldn't really make a difference with schools because as long as you turn up to the live lessons through Google Meet or Zoom or however your school does it thing you'd still get the attendance mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we are going to shift a little bit onwards. Uh so to go Hopefully this time away from COVID to politics. And we are Here's something interesting. Once again, once again from the BBC, I think most of the articles today are going to be from it. Street flat, Boris Johnson's letters with standards advisor to be published. Letters between Boris Johnson and his independent standards advisor on who paid for the refurbishment of his Downing Street flat will be published next month, the BBC has been told. So, the Financial Times has reported that the Prime Minister will be cleared of breaking the ministerial code and misleading advisor Lord Geed. I'm going to say it's Geed, sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, Labour said Mr Johnson had made a mockery of the standards the public has, has a right to expect. Downing Street declined to comment. Cabinet Office, which coordinates government policy, said it would not comment on speculation. Well, the big question is, we give, so I assume 
I mean, I assume he's used, like, taxpayer money. If he has. I would guess that's where the rows happen from. Uh, hang on. There's a hyperlink here. Uh, what is the row about? Uh, this is some more information. So, Lord Geed, uh, cleared the Prime Minister in May of conflict of interest after it emerged that the conser Conservative... Ah. Conservative peer Lord Brownlow had donated £52,000 to help cover the cost of the refurbishment to his flat above number 11 Downing Street. But the... That is already the issue. Yeah. Be because what I've just read here, the Prime Minister receives an annual public grant of 30 grand to spend on his living quarters. But there has been speculation that the final bill has come to as much as two hundred grand. Jesus. And I think that's where the issue is coming from. What was he spending that on, that on? Gold tiles. Yeah. That's impressive that he's managed to spend that much. That's for sure. I mean, you can spend that on like an average house, but the Downing Street, which is a house that's already like up to ship shape spending more money let's say no idea what house house prices are like a one bedroom house yeah just i mean i get it like renovations are expensive but Downing street didn't need to be refurbished did it it just needed it didn't need anything. You could have just bought a new potted plant. Plus, e yeah, plus, even if he wanted to refurbish the place, 30 grand would have almost definitely been enough, considering it's not like it was in a bad condition in the first place. How he managed to spend up to 200 grand just seems crazy. Bloody, like, spending it on a must have been, marble must shower. Must have been his Netflix bill. So there's a little graphic here for how the Downing Street refurbishments were paid for. So the Cabinet Office pay pays initial bills totaling fifty two thousand eight hundred and one eight hundred and one pounds and seventy two pence. Cabinet Party refurbishes Cabinet Office. Lord Brownlow reimburses the Conservative Party. Lord Lord Brownlow pays Fervils directly, totaling fifty nine thousand seven hundred and forty seven pounds and forty pence. Prime Minister reimburses reimburses Lord Brownlow total cost of a hundred and twelve thousand five hundred and forty nine pounds and twelve pence. Why in the first place? Are you spending, like, doesn't he have his, I mean, I get it, like, Downing Street is proper and special. Doesn't he just do it himself? And I get it, he's the Prime Minister, yeah. but, if I, let's say, I mean, I can't, because of reasons, but if I wanted to paint my walls blue, I'd have to go to B&Q or home base and buy blue paint hit the walls blue and that'll be done why do you need contractors bear in, bear in mind at the same time this is the prime minister even though it may not seem like it at the minute with the number of covid cases he's still constantly trying to get us through this pandemic and also, trying to sort out any last-minute Brexit issues from when we came out. So he has. It's not like he's necessarily got the spare time to do it. It's true. At the same time, he's not going to be working twenty-four-seven, is he? No. But he he doesn't have spare time to paint to like paint his house. But he has spare time to dress up as a policeman. Go to a uh, go to a drugs raid. 
Oh yeah, I saw those photos. Yeah. I don't understand it to be Bear honest. Bear in mind, that probably came under work, let's be Yeah, it's probably a pre uh, uh, prime, minister prime ministerial visit. Yeah. But anyway, we shall move on to gaming. Next is gaming. So, kicking us off, this is from TheVerge.com. Samsung's new 2022 TVs bring NVIDIA GeForce Now and Google Stadia Gaming. Built in. Samsung is revealing a new lineup of smart TVs at CES 2022, including features as exotic as radio wave powered remote controls and support for NFTs. And also happen to be the first Samsung sets which let you play AAA video games from the cloud instead of just your Xbox, PlayStation or computer. After a vague tease in October, Samsung is now confirming that select 2022 models will be explicitly offer offer access to will explicitly offer access finally got to Nvidia's GeForce, Google Stadia, Google Stadia, and Utomic. Utomic Cloud Gaming Service as part of new Samsung Gaming Hub, a user interface which Samsung's intending to expand to additional services as well. So this is basically new Samsung gaming area on their TVs. Sum it up. So... And if, if this goes well, then NVIDIA and Google will be really profiting from this and there might even be a dip in sales for Sony and Microsoft I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't necessarily count on it though because no shoot gamers are pretty uh, like they're pretty like only PlayStation unless you've got both as far as I'm aware, yeah. and then Xbox gamers are uh, pretty like, set on being Xbox gamers. And then mm-hmm. people like would most probably like get like Samsung Gaming Hub if they basically have no interest in gaming but want to see what it's like. I feel. Because yeah. Samsung, this is new, and for Google, to be honest, it's going to be new with Stadia and all that. So they're not going to be necessarily as ready as Microsoft and Sony because they've been in the game since about 90s, I think. At the same time, if they notice that NVIDIA GeForce and Google are starting to profit off of this and it's becoming quite popular, will they want to join it? And and be part of it as well. Oh, I don't necessarily know. All I think is, I don't think, um, I don't think Sony and Microsoft would work together. To be honest, because yeah. they are rival well, companies. They could come to a truce, but they're technically rival companies. Yeah. Well, hang on. Does Sony do televisions? They do, don't they? I wonder if they notice that this goes well with Samsung, will they do a similar thing, but with PlayStation, on their own televisions? And will Microsoft then become a TV company? I mean, they did attempt. Microsoft did attempt just to do. Just for the sake of doing it. Microsoft did attempt to do. Uh, what's it called? Microsoft did attempt to do uh, bones uh, a while ago, like twenty fifteen. I think they're still trying to do them. Actually, I know Google still does them with the Pixel. 
Microsoft Smartphone. Um, no, they don't do them anymore. You're quite right with that. Uh, I'm pretty sure Microsoft may do TVs. I mean, what? looking at the images on Google of how the phones were laid out, I think it's quite understandable how they flopped. My sister's got one. They're not exactly the best in the business, are they? But yeah. they did have they if did I have caught up it... Very good. Yeah. Saying that, I've got Cortana on my computer. Microsoft mm. and all that. You know, it isn't really the nicest looking interface. Mm. So. And also, whilst we're whilst we're slightly on the topic of smartphones, did you know that according to a poll, the biggest turn off of 2021 is owning Samsung. Or owning a Samsung phone. Turn Samsung? Up. Android. Turn owning up. Android phone is... In what way? The biggest turn off. As in, like, in a dating way. Oh. What? Yeah. My opinion, I think... Dating way, owning, a, owning an Android is the biggest turn off of 2021. And I think the people who have voted in that and said that uh, uh, Android is the uh, biggest turn-off are known as gold diggers. Yeah, you've got a bit of a point there, I suppose. Because no, no one who's actually like wanting to be in a relationship would genuinely be like, I like him, however, he does have an Android. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be more interested in their personality. At the same time, if... Yeah, you do have a really good point. Right, and why don't we move on to the second article under gaming, which is from PCGamer.com. Yes, so Steam starts 2022 with a new... Concurrent user record of 27.9 million. Which is crazy. Yes. And it's only going to get bigger. Yep. Either that or it'll flop. Uh, Steam's, Hopefully it won't. Steam's been around for ages now. Yeah. I use it a lot on my computer. Uh, you could... It's definitely better than the Microsoft gaming store shop thingy. Yeah, uh, probably why uh, Forza Horizon 4, you'll remember that. Uh, they are also on Steam now. I think possibly Forza Horizon 5? Don't quote me on it, I don't think. Are they? Forza Horizon 4 is definitely on Look at it in a bit. Horizon 5, yeah. possibly, I don't know, I haven't checked. Yeah. The specific number of users is 27,900... No, 27,942,036 users, as recorded by the Steam database, which was set on January 2nd, just over a month after Steam surpassed 27 million concurrent users for the first time ever in late November 2021. More than 8.2 million of those people were actively gaming, which is also a considerable jump over the November numbers, although not as as a proportion on total units. 8.1 million people were actively gaming sim- simultaneously on April 4th, 2020, out of a concurrent user count of 24.5 million. Not bad, then. Not bad. Yeah. Um... Interestingly, Steam's continued concurrency growth comes on the back comes on the backs of games that aren't exactly fresh and new. Of the top ten games being played when the record was set, only two were released in 2021. 
So there's CSGO from 2012. Dota 2 from 2013. G. Or however you pronounce it. PUBG from 2017. Apex, Apex Legends uh, from 2019. Auto 5. GTA That's 5. basically never died, to be honest. Let's be real. Yep. Um... Then what else? Team Fortress 2. Team Fortress. Never heard of it. That's from 2007, and that's in their top 10. Jeez. Rust from 2013. New World from 2021. Ark oh. Survival Involved 2021. And finally, Football Manager 2022 from 2021. And I've just noticed that Ark Survival Involved <laughs> is actually 2017, sorry, not 2021. Yeah. That seems crazy that one of their most popular games on Steam is 2007. 2007. Jeez. Now, yeah. let's go from Steam to a desktop hand massager. This is once again from PCGamer.com. Company behind the releases desktop hand massager. Uh, so several millennia ago. That was company ago, behind the gamer bed, to be clear. Oh, gamer bed. You cut out when you were saying it. Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah. Several millennia ago, back in March 2020, it it has felt like that. The gaming world was abuzz with with mm -hmm. the wonder product uh, that. Rides the hard line between genius and well something else. Japanese company Bahuei butchered that terribly. Terribly, um, who I'm gonna just call it Bahoot. Uh, released a gaming bed which allows users yeah. to seamlessly transition from sleep to game without ever needing to get up. It's one of those items I absolutely want, but I also don't. I also don't think I should ever allow myself to have. Bahoots. The. Sorry, yeah. That seems like the sort of thing that, in one way, would be brilliant. The other way is the definition of laziness. Yes. I would say something, however, I'd probably get backlash. That didn't matter. This is a controversial podcast. Yeah, but it was an insult to. A second an insult to the Americans, so let's be honest. Sorry, Americans, if you're watching. I've been watching too much Jeremy Clarkson, honestly. Yeah, I probably have. Sorry, what were you saying? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Bahoot's next in innovation that games were too scared to ever ask for is a little bit different. Spotted by Gizmodo, Bahoot's hand massager is designed to sit on a gamer's desk ready to do as its name suggests. This unit looks a lot like a UV light machine for setting certain nail polishes, but with a black gamer flare. In a way, I think it would be nice and feel really good. In another way, if you've spent so long on a video game you need a game massage, you need you, you need a hand massage, mm. then you should probably do something else. But is I, might... I think at that point you've spent a bit too long. Yeah, you might want to uh, go for a walk or something. Yeah. So inside the hand size box box are 15 which can be set to different intensities and areas where, when providing hand massages. There are different pressures, separate modes for the whole hand or just getting your digits ironed out. Plus, there's even a heater to help with pesky cold fingers before a game or potential tendon strain. Let's be real for a second. If you're getting ten tendon strain, you're probably playing the game a bit too hard. Unless it's a really hard game. Yeah. Yeah. 
At the moment, the hand massager is only available on their website, and it retails for the equivalent of about 150 United States dollars. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you could get a whole chip from a theme park for that much. Yeah. Put it into any rate. Um, yeah. Okay. It's £111.23. Wow. Right, so moving on, on our next segment, which we've just what as other at the moment. Looking at the URL, I notice all three articles that we're now going to look at are from Wales. Yes. Uh, we're still going to go with them because otherwise we'll have no content. Right. Once again, from BBC News. Child and woman rescued off Mumbles Rocks by helicopter. A woman and child have been rescued by helicopter after the adult fell on rocks as the tide came in. Mumbles Coast Guard and the RNLI were scrambled at about 15.55 GMT on Sunday to attend the accident between Rotherslade and, Lang and Langland near Swansea. The Coast Guard said... Why am I saying this like a news presenter? The Coast Guard said one adult and two children were walking along the rocks when the woman, when the woman suddenly fell and suffered a head injury. She, she and one other child who stayed with her were taken to were taken to hospital for treatment by air ambulance. The other child managed to return to the beach and to the beach and raised the alarm. So, this is basically talking about how. Right. What did you say? You cut out. Oh. My mind's gone blank. Give me a second. It's okay. fine. I mean, you could sort of tell it's Wales because a there's moss everywhere, but that's also sort of Scotland. But also, it's called Mumbles. A town called Mumbles yeah. is absolutely brilliant. To be to be clear to everyone listening, what Lysander meant by moss everywhere is on the article there's a few photos. So, shall we move on to the next article about Wales? <laughs> yep. This article is once again from BBC News. Brookshire. Uh, stranded starfish on Welsh beaches. Tens of thousands of stranded starfish have been washed up upon the Welsh coast. Uh, Giles Davies, an amateur nature photographer, said, I have never seen something like this before. Mr Davies photographed thousands of stranded sea creatures on Coppet beach in Pembrokeshire. It's really sad just to see that in nature, just see that in nature because you're looking at deaths in the thousands of one species. A beach in Scotland saw a similar stra stranding of life last November. Extreme weather, can, extreme weather is the likely cause of such incidents, said the Marine Conservation Society. Mr Davies said there have been reports of starfish stranded on beach beaches from Coppet Hall all the way up to the coastline to Tembe to Tembe Pembrokeshire there would be many there would be that would make kind of sorry that would kind of make sense because Tembe is the first place where the tide turns in Wales so you get strandings so you get strandings they come to shore generally in that area said Mr Davies but it's sheer volume these you're always going to at winter tides where stuff will come ashore for that volume to come ashore no yeah. no something seriously has gone wrong 
with nature, he said. These photos on this article, it just looks so mm. sad because in the second photo, there's got to be at least 50 starfish there stranded. Jeez. Not a pretty sight. No, really isn't. And hopefully one day we figure out a way to stop it. Yeah. Right, our final article from Wales is once again from the BBC. Vandalised. I have no clue how to say the place. Uh, will, Do you uh, have any I idea? I will attempt. Vandalised Mourne Church passes 20k fundraising target. Fundraising appeal to repair a vandalised church has reached its £20,000 goal in just three days. Oh, help me. Why this article? Oh, give me a second. Look at the place name. Hang on a second. Oh, goodness. Uh, Elgwiz Ye Grog. Uh, near the cliffs, I butchered that. Uh, at Mont in Serradigion, that was French. <laughs> Serradigion <laughs> uh, is a well-known landmark and is popular with photographers. Serradigion County Councillor. Clive Davies, I'm struggling with every word now, Clive Davies said he was totally blown away by the donations received. He said the church had been targeted overnight on the 2nd of December and again on the 20th of December in a pointless, saddening attack. Act, even. So, it does... M uh, more, more uh, actually refer, it is Welsh for the word mot. Apparently, in Google Translate, inaccurate Google Translate is though. Yeah. I'm now looking at the images. It looks like such a lovely church, and it's such a shame that it's been vandalised. What? What is? What is the benefit that someone gets out of vandalising a nice building? Yeah. I mean, if it if the building is like. So, like, the Statue of Liberty, yeah, and, like, let's say they wanted to, like, remove it because the Statue of Liberty kicked someone's dog or something. Um, yeah, I think that's fine, but, like, if it's an innocent building, there's no point. It's just that's, a church. That sounds like a building can go, that sounds like a building can go and rob a bank for the way you worded that. that. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Statue of Liberty could just smash something, I don't know. The Eiffel, the Eiffel Tower yeah. could suddenly just sink into the sea because he was feeling sad. I suppose at least they've raised the money to repair it. Yeah. Which is good. It's still stupid, <laughs> though. Yep, and that is it for others. So now, Lysander guiding you through this whole thing, here's the car segment. Hello, yes, so... I... car we will be talking about is the rather controversial BMW iX. Not exactly pretty. Um, the iX is a crossover, uh, electric vehicle, uh... Electric vehicle that has, um... Many, many trims. I believe you can actually get it up to uh, 600 horsepower. It's very actually interesting. Uh, the range uh, is around 200, uh, 200 to 300 miles, depending on which trim you go for. Uh, of course, being electric, there's no CO2 emitted by it. However, of course, as many people don't actually know, electric cars do indeed produce CO2 during the construction. However, compared to uh, uh, petrol and diesel vehicles, they produce CO2 over their lifetime, so it evens out. So the BMW iX isn't exactly a looker. It's a little bit like the... Uh, 
uh, BMW M3, you know, the big kidney grills. This has got the exact same big kidney grills, and to be honest, it's not exactly my cup of tea. I think it looks really nice. In, to be honest, I'd take it. If I had the choice of like an Audi or a like a uh, Skoda or something, I'd pick the Skoda because Skodas Skodas are cool. Also, styling is actually sensible, whereas BMW currently is a bit wacky. But some people like wacky. Wacky is sometimes cool, such as we all know from the. Get multiplied mark one. So, uh, the prices can range from seventy-five thousand pounds all the way up to one hundred fifteen thousand pounds. So, on the top model, you can get up to three hundred eight, mark three hundred eight, three hundred eighty miles, and the zero to sixty time of four point six, which is slow. Or at least slow f for an electric vehicle, or like compared to Teslas and stuff. There's a Boas yeah. and Wilkins Diamond Surround Sound System, Sky Lounge, Panoramic Roof, Sunroof, and Ventilated Seats. It's in the top price. Now, on the other on the other trims, there is you only get up to two hundred and fifty-seven miles. The tops. Yeah, the driving performance is zero to sixty-two miles an hour in six point one. The cut on slightly a bit more expensive. You can get comfort access, such as front electric sports seats with massage functioning and he heated steering wheel. Or with a slightly different one, you can get uh, parking assistance plus interior. But that's on the technology. So, there's also a new BMW iDrive system. Don't know much about that. Basically, very futuristic, very techy. If you're like a te techy person who like who likes crossovers, it's the car for you. Be very weird, but weird is cool. So, don't let that distract you. Now, a new. Uh, manufacturer in the business we are looking now at Lucid with the new Lucid Air Lucid is a new startup electric vehicle uh, Lucid is based in the US and one of their uh, developers I think you call it that uh, one of their uh, design people is actually from Tesla so they're using the same exact technology or very similar technology can actually go faster. The Lucid Air is the longest range currently, fastest charging luxury electric car in the world. 520 miles per charge and inspired apparently by California. And it starts at $77,000 and it looks amazing. Now the maximum horsepower you can actually get it is 1,111 horsepower. Range, I've just said, 520 miles. Approximate minutes to charge to 300 miles is 20. And the 0 to 60 is 2.5 seconds. So that is something to rival the Tesla Model S Plaid, in theory. So the drag curve if you're interested is a 0.21 it's made of sustainable materials and finishes for people who like that lovely lovely feel of not hurting the environment with leather stuff like that uh, there's also the largest frunk or of any electric car basically the bonnet but instead of having because an electric car doesn't have a motor in the engine in the engine bay so instead you have a boot or the the boot that doesn't work you can also get the boot 
get all the food. That's technically also foot. Uh, you also could get a glass canopy, uh, which is available with roof design. So, obsess. They are. They have an. Lucid has an obsessive focus on efficiency and intelligence to make the air a total tordy force. Apparently, it's also got track room power, and its record-breaking range means you can take it anywhere fast. Now, it's also got something known as Dream Drive, an advanced driver assistance system, and it's ultra-efficient because it has a miniaturised EV powertrain. It's a full EV. It's also got a 34-inch 5K glass cockpit, cockpit display, over-the-air software updates, 21 speaker surreal sound uh, system and Alexa enabled voice controls. So, uh, ultra fast, they've got an ultra fast charging system, 900 volts plus, 24 fat, uh, 2400 charges throughout. Uh, uh, through Electrify America and bi-directional charging capabilities apparently so the base model if I can find it the base model starts from 77,000 pounds that's called the Air Pure you can then upgrade a little bit to the Air Touring which has so the Air Pure has 480 horsepower, the Air Touring has 620 horsepower, 406 miles of range, the Air Grand Touring has 800 horsepower, 516 miles protect projected range, and the, the Air Dream Edition has 1,100 horsepower, and 520 miles of protective range. The top model being $169,000. Now, moving on from electric cars, we are going to look at Nissan's new Z sports car. The car that every, every car enthusiast has been waiting for for ages now. Everything we know is it's very very i so it's known as the z car uh the new nissan z so it's just z it's not like a 400 z so it's just the z and it's part of the family of z cars like i've said i've said z so many times uh like the iconic 240z z32 300zx 300, 350ZZ and today's 370Z. Now, the official production is ready, uh, is going to be ready in 2023, and its official debut was in August 17th in 2021. This card genuinely looks pretty. Def it's definitely got like a sleeve vintage style, but it also looks really, really good. Properly modern. So, it's bound to have about 400 horsepower. Uh, it's going to have... Uh, it's got like the same like uh back end like hatch style very similar to the original 240z and also very similar to most z cars that have been made so they're, de they're definitely keeping with the tradition very similar to the porsche 911 however porsche uh it still looks like the same car 
However, it just looks a bit more modern. I'm looking at the inside. I'm looking at the inside of it, and it does look like a really, really nice car. Yeah. I mean, Nissan's lineup has been needing, like, something for ages now. I reckon this could be it. All we're waiting now is the new GTR. So, that is the end of the car section, and we will whip it around to theme parks with Alfie. Okay, this is the bit that I'm going to like. In theme park news, Blackpool Pleasure Beach have announced Enzo Icon with a twist. Icon is a 2018 Mack Rides launch coaster, the only double launch coaster in the UK, with many people saying it is the best coaster in the UK. Blackpool Pleasure Beach is planning to replace the last car on a train with two spinning seats. It is believed it would be an upcharge, but how much would it cost? That is what everyone is wondering. Moving over to Alton Towers Resort, an announcement has been made regarding additions to their children-based area of the park, CBB's Land. Three new attractions are being added for the 2022 season, Hey Dougie's Big Dig Adventure, Big Adventure Badge, Andy's Dinosaur Dig, and Jojo and Gran at Home. It was thought additions would be made to this area of the park when construction walls were put up around an area of CBB's land towards the end of the season. At Thorpe Park, plans have been made for... Plans have been released for a new roller coaster, stealing the big one's record of the tallest coaster in the UK. Thorpe Park has announced their first roller coaster since the swarm in 2012 this new coaster is thought to open during the 2024 season standing 236 tall it will take the record away from blackpool pleasure beaches the big one as the uk's tallest roller coaster at drayton manor theme park they have released a teaser of what looks like of what looks to be a new viking themed area coming in 2022 this part this park is one to look out for, as a lot of investments have recently been seen, including the area that was new for the last season, Adventure Cove. And finally, back at Blackpool Pleasure Beach, rated the world's best dark ride, Valhalla is set to reopen next season. The refurbishment has been going on over the last few seasons, and the updated artwork suggests a darker theme as to what it was before. The ride slogan has also changed from Ride the Adventure to Brave the Adventure. That's all for this week in Theme Park News. So that is pretty much, so far, everything that we know of coming to new theme, par to theme parks across the UK for the next season. And also, that pretty much wraps up the podcast. Two. Yeah. Have you got anything else you want to add, Lysander? Nope. Okay, we've been going for well over an hour. Okay. Um, so thanks for listening. Make sure to do whatever it is on what whatever service you're listening for so that the podcast comes up every week when we release a new episode. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. What?